Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald-faced truth. Well, what's happening with the Trailblazers? Whenever I want to know, Sean Hyken's my go-to. The Rose Garden Report... If you're not already subscribed and reading him, you don't know what's happening. Sean Hyken does a terrific job covering the Blazers. He had a piece earlier this week that really caught my attention because Blazer fans were super excited when Gary Payton II was, uh, you know, going to be part of the team. Like, you know, hey, he really helped the Warriors on their way to a championship. Could he be uh, part of the depth answer with the Trailblazers? Well, he has yet to play for the Trailblazers. And a lot of questions swirling. What do we know? Is he going to play? Is he 10 days away? Is he practicing? Sean Hyken has the answers. Plus, I'll ask him, will the Blazers be a buyer or a seller or an observer at the trade deadline? And how are they feeling about the start to this season? Joining us now, the uh, brain behind the Rose Garden Report, Sean Hyken with us. How should Blazer fans be feeling, Sean, at this point of the season, uh, State of the Union? John, I think on the whole, they should be feeling okay about where they're at. I've been saying really since the summer when the schedule came out, when you look at the schedule, you looked at how tough it was early on. How, like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. They're in Golden State tonight. That's their last game of the calendar year of 2022. That will be their 21st road game of the season. So they will have already played over half of their road schedule for the year by the time the calendar flips over to 2023. They've already had two of their three six-game road trips as well as another four-game road trips. So, you know, the, the, the flip side of that schedule is that coming up, basically, they're, they, they have a, like one three-game road trip next week. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But other than that, they're basically home the entire month of January. They're home a lot before the All-Star break. They're home a lot. They have one more six-game road trip later on. But... They've also already played all of the, you know, a, a, a lot, a lot of the like the good teams in the West. Like they've already played Phoenix every all the times. Like they're done with Phoenix. They played Denver three or four times. They played Dallas twice. Like they've played a lot of these teams that you know, they might potentially be facing in the playoffs. And so what I said when I looked at the schedule and kind of saw that it was going to be so front loaded with tough games and you know, tough opponents and road games, I said the whole time if they could get to five hundred at Christmas they're in really good shape. And here we are with it about to go into the new year and they're 18 and 16, two games above 500 with all the injuries they've had. So I think just overall, all things considered, they have to be feeling pretty good about where they're at. The, you know, I, I always say you gotta, you gotta see 25 or 30 games. We've seen now 34 games. What do you know about this team that maybe you didn't know in training camp? Really? Still not a lot. And I don't think they do either just because they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup. Damian Lillard missed some time a couple of different times with the calf injury. Uh, you know, they still, you know, they're still really waiting. You know, and I'm sure we're going to get to this because it's kind of the story with the team right now. They're still waiting to see what's going to happen when Gary Payton II comes back, when that happens, and how he's going to help. 
you know, different. Like it, literally, every single one of their rotation players has missed at least one game at one point or another with an injury. Now, Justice Winslow has been their sixth man for most of the season is out for a couple of weeks at least, probably more than that. But uh, I think they're still kind of like I think like there's a few things they know about. They know how obviously Dane is Dane. Like he's still the same guy that he was before the surgery. Uh, Anthony Simons looks like he's you know taking another leap, like people kind of thought he was going to be when he got that contract. Jeremy Grant has been a pretty much a perfect fit, and he's been exactly as good as they thought that he was going to be when they traded for him. And beyond that, like you know, Josh Hart has kind of brought what everybody expected him to bring. But beyond that, it's still a whole lot of I think evaluating how different guys fit together. Shaden Sharp is still kind of a mystery. He looked great early on in the season, and then he's hit kind of a rookie wall that you would expect. Uh, they're still kind of figuring out what they have with some of these other rotation players. Nasir Little has been out for a while, and that's a guy that they just signed to an extension. He has a hip thing that he theoretically should be back mid-January. So it's still kind of a lot of uncertainty. But I think overall they feel pretty good about, like, the core of guys that they have that they know they want to build around long-term. And it's just a matter of, like, evaluating the rest of it and seeing who's a long-term fit and who isn't. The uh, the piece you wrote about Gary Payton II was interesting to me because there is – you know, people ask me, is he ever going to play? What, what's the story? And it doesn't seem like the messaging from the team is matching sort of the messaging we're getting, uh, you know, from other sources. What is going on in your mind with Gary Payton II? Well, I knew I would tell you. I, I, would, ag- I would agree with you that I don't think the organization has done a great job of controlling the messaging here or being transparent, which honestly, I think overall, you know, we're about a year on from – Joe Cronin taking over as GM, and then like the new PR, like the PR staff has completely flipped over. I overall think that in the last year, the organization has done a much better job of being transparent about this kind of stuff than the previous regime, if you will. And so the whole the way that this Peyton, Gary Payton thing has been handled, that's why it's sticking out because it's so at odds with, you know, the way you know they have been a lot better about this kind of stuff. But from the beginning, like even just you know they announced that he was. You know, he had had the surgery in July. They announced that in mid-September for some reason. I still haven't got back. I still haven't gotten a good answer as to why they didn't just announce it when he had the surgery in July. And then I think the other mistake they made was in their initial press release, and this is also something that both Gary Payton and Joe Cronin said on Media Day in September, they said that he was going to be out for the start of training camp and the preseason, but that he was going to be good for the start of the regular season. That's what everybody said, and then it was just kind of, He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. The last time that he's gotten, you know, they've given us an official update, like in a press release or anything like that, has been, you know, it was November 18th, so we're talking almost six weeks. They la- he hasn't been available to talk to us in the media since November 1st, which he's not, by law, by, by rule, by league rule, he's not required to, but I would think it would be a good idea at, at, at some point to kind of let him speak for himself and see what's going on. The part of it that's really interesting is that earlier this week we asked Chauncey Billups about it at practice, and Chauncey pretty much outright said that he's been cleared by the medical staff. And so it's just a matter of whenever he comes to them and says, I'm good to go, they'll, like, from their standpoint, they'd be happy to throw him out there. If he, if he came to them, they, it's probably too late for tonight because they have to, they already had to put in their injury reports, but. Their next game is here in Portland on Monday against Detroit. If he goes to them on Monday and or you know in the next couple of days and says I'm good, they'll play him like that. That part of it, like they're not holding him back. There have been other times this season where guys have wanted to play and the the organization has had to say no. Like a couple, like both of the times Damian Lillard sat out, 
with the calf thing, he wanted to come back a week before he ended up coming back, and the organization and the medical staff had to be like, no, 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 you're not going to play. They've had to, like, force guys to sit out. It, I don't I don't know. If I knew what was going on with the Gary Payton thing, I would tell you. It sounds like, to me, like, he just, you know, he's trying to make sure he's 100% comfortable and, to, and that he's not going to re-aggravate this if he plays. Because you have to keep in mind the thing with him. This is the same surgery that uh, Damian Lillard had uh, last year that shut him down for most of the year and that Nasir Little had at one point last spring. But Gary Payton has had this surgery multiple times in his career, so it's like a recurring thing with him. And I think he feels a little bit like, you know, if I play, am I going to re-aggravate it? Like what? Like I, 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 I so I, I don't know what I don't know what's going on. It seems like he's the only one that uh, is really going to be able to tell you when he's going to play or what's going on. But we haven't really heard from him lately, so I, that's all I really got for you on that. Sean Hyken, the Rose Garden Report, is our guest. He's all over the Blazers. We're 41 days away, Sean, from the trade deadline. Um, and, and, I, and I know this question is, you know, it's fluid because you don't know Gary Payton second. You know, you have some pieces here. You haven't seen them all together. Is your sense, though, that Joe Cronin will be aggressive? Will they be a buyer? Will they be a seller as they were with, uh, you know, sort of dumping salary last year or will they be a spectator because they just they kind of just don't know and they haven't had everybody on the same page yet if i had to guess and it's it's very early and i was i was just at the gmh showcase last week in las vegas where a lot of this kind of trade chatter bubbles up and a lot of stuff starts you know getting talked about and things are pretty quiet right now not just with the blazers but all over the league because the standings are so jumbled up right now that every team feels like they're a week, you know, one good week or one winning streak away from being in the mix. And so teams have kind of, it's been kind of slow to develop as far as seeing who might be available and which teams might be buyers and sellers. If I had to guess, just based on the way that Joe Cronin has done things since he took over and also just kind of the messaging that he's put out, he's been very clear about he doesn't think that this roster as it exists right now is good enough to be a contender. He, even even like best-case scenario, everybody's healthy. He still feels like this roster is a work in progress and that there are a couple of pieces away and that you know he's going to be aggressive in trying to make those upgrades. If I had to guess, I think that would lean towards if he sees a deal out there that he likes to make an upgrade, I, you know, whoever that may be. I, I Again, it's been pretty slow to kind of figure out who's going to be available or what's going to be out there or what's on the block or any of that, but... If I had to guess, I would lean towards he's going to look to upgrade the roster and do things to meaningfully take steps forward as opposed to maybe what happened last uh, deadline, which was a totally different thing because Dame was shut down for the year and they just kind of needed to you know, undo a lot of the previous general manager's work in order to be able to move forward. They're not in that position anymore. We, uh, You and I have both kind of messaged each other and are followed followed closely as the Phoenix Suns were were sold and you know we we saw the three billion dollar offer out there and trying to make sense of what's going to happen with the Blazers do you have a sense or have you learned anything on the potential sale of this franchise one day I mean it's got to happen at some point right that's in the Paul Allen trust I don't know the date I don't know the sell-by date I don't know when it has to happen I do know that pretty much everybody around the league had been waiting to see what the Suns go for because that was going to reset the market in the same way that when the when Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers in 2014 after the Donald Sterling thing, that you know he paid two billion, which was a, by by far a record for an NBA team at that point. And then you see what NBA teams have gone for since then. And I think everybody thought that with you know Phoenix being you know a 
major media market and a contending team and with all the you know the TV deal coming up and the expansion money probably coming up a, a couple of years after that uh, after 2025 that the Suns would set a new benchmark and like they would reset the market in the same way and the fact that it came in at a four billion dollar valuation which like now we're getting into like the territory of what NFL teams sell for like that's way beyond what any NFL NBA team has been worth and so that's one thing I think people were waiting on and now that's that that's out of the way I think other teams or other franchises that might be up for sale might things might get moving we're there you know we're seeing a report i think in the last week or so uh mark lazary one of the two primary owners of the bucks is talking about wanting to sell his stake which should probably you know it's not going to probably get the same amount of money that phoenix did because you know the phoenix is a much bigger market than milwaukee but you know it would be i would think comparable to what portland is going to get whenever that is i've said the whole time i think that uh Jody Allen and Burt Cole and like the Vulcan, you know, operation, they would like to hang on until after the uh, new TV deal at, at, at the minimum. I mean, the expansion thing might be too far out, but at the minimum, the TV deal that's going to come in in 2025, which is going to be even more lucrative than the previous one, which, you know, spiked the salary cap in 2016 to the point where the Warriors could sign Kevin Durant. Like it's, it's going to be even more money than that coming into the league. And so I think they would like to hang on until they can get their piece of that and then cash out. Because the thing you have to remember is that in the Paul Allen Trust, not only does the team have to be sold at some point, but that the money from the sale has to go to whatever charitable uh, philanthropic uh, efforts uh, Paul Allen has designated for. So it's not even just that, like, Jody and Burke can sell the team and then they get to pocket however many billions of dollars it goes for. We're already kind of starting to see some other parts of his uh, trust get liquidated. His art collection got sold a few months ago. One of his super yachts has been sold. There's you know, some real estate. So they're starting the process of selling the other stuff. But I think they would like to hang on until, to the Blazers until this new TV deal comes in so they can get their piece of that and then cash out. And then I think the NBA would probably like for it to get done sooner. But it's all, it's all just a matter of, like, who, you know, who has the leverage, you know, who can negotiate. You know, maybe, maybe they get an offer that blows everybody else away. But even then, like, I don't know whether there's a formal – I have not seen the Paul Allen Trust. The only person – the only two people that can probably answer this question are Jody Allen and Burke Cole, and neither of them are really available to media, you know, to, to us to talk to. Not that we haven't asked, but, like, I think uh, – I don't know whether there is, like, a formal auction process if, or if somebody can come in and just say, uh, you know, I'm going to pay this, and they say, good, done. Because with the Denver Broncos, which is another team that recently was sold out of a trust that it was held in when their previous owner passed away, there was a formal auction process that it had to go through, and they couldn't just handpick an owner. So I don't know how all that stuff works without seeing the actual legal documents, but I think that, you know, the sun sale was kind of one roadblock. Now everybody's seen what that goes for. That's kind of the new market or, you know, the, the kind of the new benchmark that teams are trying to, you know, use. And then I think this new media rights deal that's coming in in 2025 is going to be kind of the next checkpoint for that. Give me an idea here because I think, you know, part of part of the fear of the average Blazer fan out there is that this team gets sold to somebody who wants to move it. I have tried to um, to uh, quiet those fears by telling people, look, if the NBA wants to expand to Seattle, wants to expand to Vegas, they're not going to let a team that is already working, that has a viable building, that has a fan base that has supported it, they're not going to let a team cannibalize one of those expansion opportunities. Do you agree with me on that, Sean? I don't 
really consider the idea of the Blazers leaving to be a real thing. Like that's that's like you said, they have they they're, they're like the idea. They're like the small market success story that the league loves to prop up as like. It's not a major market, but, you know, they sell out, they have a good building, they have a great fan base, all this kind of stuff. And like you said with the expansion, like, I would be shocked if Adam Silver now has, like, he's kind of started moving it towards, you know, he's always said previously, like, expansion isn't even on the table, expansion isn't on the table, expansion isn't on the table. In the last month or so, I think he did a press conference at one of their, uh, like, their games in Mexico City or something. I don't remember exactly where it was that he did this. It was either that or, like, a Board of Governors meeting or something like that. But uh, he recently said that once the new TV deal comes in in 2025, then they are going to start looking at expansion. And everything that I've heard from, you know, for a couple of years solid is that it's already decided that the next two cities they expand to are going to be Seattle and Vegas. So I don't think that's really something that fans should worry about as far as the team moving. Yeah, and I think here uh, here he is talking on uh, the Dan Patrick Show. Here's Adam Silver, the commissioner. I think enterprises naturally grow over time. And there's no doubt Seattle would be a great market. Las Vegas would be a great market. Um, there's there's state-of-the-art arenas in, in, you know, in, in, in both those communities. And so we'll look at it. It's Interestingly, it's, it's not on the front burner okay. for our league right now. And, and also... We're going to go through a new collective bargaining um, negotiation. I also think there's a lot of uncertainty in the media world right now. Um, all these new streaming platforms potentially interested in sports, so it's, it's hard to set the right value. I think that's something we're going to monitor as well. So nothing will happen in, in, in the short or medium term, but we'll turn back to it at some point. Yeah, that kind of matches up with what you're saying there, Sean. And, and, but he says it's on the back burner. So what's on the front burner for this league? In, in competitive you know, not just you know TV deals, but competitively, is the stuff that's happening on the court helping the league? Is the league healthy as you see it? From what I understand, the two there's there's a few things that that like because right now, and he kind of alluded to it is that you know the new collective bargaining agreement with the players union is up soon. They the the actual like the deadline to opt out for either side was originally. Uh, December 15th, so a couple of weeks ago, I think they mutually agreed to move that deadline back because they are, you know, they're, they're still talking. I would, I don't expect there to be any kind of work stoppage because I think both sides realize that they're all making so much money right now that it wouldn't make sense to put any of that in jeopardy. But from what I've heard, the things outside of like the revenue split, which is always going to be part of these things, the three actual like substantive things that they're looking at that, you know, some sides want one thing. Some, you know, sides don't want something. One of them is what they're calling. They're, they're, they're trying to they're, they're sell a hard cap, which the players have always been vehemently opposed to. They're trying to call it an upper spending limit now. That's like the term that they've been putting out there on the ownership side. So that's something that's going to have to be negotiated. So I don't know how that's going to work. But, you know, Adam Silver for a long time has wanted a midseason tournament uh, of some sort, and they've kind of been test-driving that in the WNBA and the G League to a certain extent. And so that's something that I think he's going to keep pushing that is kind of a pet project of his. And then the other thing that's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out is I think there's a mutual desire on both sides, both the players and the owners, to go back to, you know, to get rid of the age limit in terms of, you know, you have to be one year removed from high school in order to declare for the draft. I think both sides kind of would like the idea of going back to, you know, you could, you know, like LeBron James did or Kobe Bryant did or Kevin Garnett or any of these guys, like 
you can go enter the draft right out of high school now. You don't have to play a year somewhere else, in or even if it's like obvious that you're just like a one and done, and you're going to go to the league as soon as you you know have the one year. Like I think that's something that's going to get fixed at some point. So outside of just the revenue splits, I think those are the three things that are on the front burner with these CBA negotiations. And then once they get past that, then it's a TV deal that's going to have to come out. That's you know renegotiating with ESPN and Turner, and then. Are you going to sell, you know, the rights to another rights package to Amazon or Apple or one of the streaming platforms? What are you going to do with League Pass? One thing that I thought was kind of interesting with, and this is getting a little bit into the weeds on like the business stuff, but I know that's something that you cover a lot, John, with the Pac-12 stuff. Is they re- for this season? They recently cut the price of League Pass by half. So now it's like a hundred. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's like a hundred dollars for League Pass for the entire season as opposed to, I think it was like 200 or 250 before that. And I think the reason that they're doing that was because they want more, the total number of people to sign up and subscribe so that they can go to Amazon or Apple and say, hey, look, we have this many subscribers. Give us mm. this much money for the rights to it. So mm. yeah. I think that, you know, in addition to ESPN and Turner, one of the streaming platforms at least is going to get involved with these media rights, and that's going to result in even more money coming into the league. And then once all that hits, then I think they might start looking at expansion. Yeah, you're right. It's ninety nine ninety nine, and it's funny. the uh, The Sunday ticket did the same thing. They dropped the prices, and they tried to encourage a bunch of students to sign up, and then they turned around and sold that to YouTube. So I'm sure there's uh, some genius in what they're doing there. Sean, you're doing a great job with the Rose Garden Report. For people who want to read it, you can go to the Rose Gar- RoseGardenReport.com is where you find all of his work. Uh, sign up, get the subscription there. I subscribe. Uh, if you want to know what's going on with the Blazers, Sean is the go-to there. Sean, thank you for joining us. Always good to talk to you, John. Good stuff there on the Blazers front. Steven, we got a lot to kick around on that front. Blazer fans, I want to hear from you. 503-417-7575 is the trade deadline's only 41 days away. I say only, but that's an eternity in the league. But uh, right now, do you have a sense on what this team even needs? Does it need a backup center? Does it need uh, a two-way player that can play on the wing? Do you need you know you, do they need to get better defensively? I have a hard time with it because Gary Payton II was supposed to be that defensive helper and give them some depth, and he hasn't played. And that and Justice Winslow's out, and Lillard's been in and out, missed 12 games. Uh, but you tell me where you are on that front. 503-417-7575. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.